This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing, the official off-season beer of Steeler Nation. Crack of Stoney's, pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker. Today, we're joined with one of the newest members of SteelerNation.com, the new contributor, C.J. Lester. C.J., welcome to the show, and uh, why don't you tell Steeler Nation where in the nation do you currently reside? Well, I'm actually from uh, Charleston, West Virginia. I've been here about six years. I mm-hmm. uh, came up here uh, six years ago to go to school at the University of Charleston. Nice. Uh, I actually teach in the area. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm an emotional and behavior disorders teacher. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, every day is a little different. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then, obviously, you're a big fan of the Steelers. What got you into the Steelers in the first place? Well, it's it's, uh, it runs in the family. Uh, We'll put it that way. My dad was a big Steelers fan. My grandpa was a big Steelers fan. And uh, my grandpa, my mother's side, actually, she, uh, she, he raised me. Yeah. And he was not a big fan of the Steelers, so uh, it, it gave me some joy of being a Steelers fan and, you know, rubbing them in his face a little bit. He was a Bears fan, so there wasn't really much there. <laughs> oh, I hear you there. And uh, we're really happy to have you over here at Steeler Nation. I know you've only been with us for a few short weeks, but you hit the ground running. You're coming out with some great articles. You're big into the draft. I see that. You're big into free agency. So um, it's great for us to be able to pick your brain and, and – uh, what is your favorite part of the Steelers' season, I guess, supposedly for you to that you enjoy writing about the most? Is it the offseason? Is it during the season? Is it is it the draft? What do you like? Well, I mean, obviously I'm a bigger fan of the season. You know, I get to watch things and see how things unfold. Yeah. But I really do like the offseason. Uh, I like predicting things. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard, you know, it's hard to predict everything and try to get those things right. Yeah, but I do like trying to see, just trying to figure out what the Steelers are going to do. You know, what they have in their mind of how they're going to get better and how they can try to uh, win another Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. Basically, I wrote an article on what moves the Steelers need to make to win a Super Bowl this year. I feel that their window is closing very, very quickly. Uh, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah, I, I am too, and and I was even more so nervous when I looked into free agency for next year, um, because we've got we think this year's bad in free agency. I mean, this year's only bad in free agency because the Steelers are so close against the cap, they really can't make a lot of moves. But I mean, the following year we've got players like Joe Hayden, Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Connor. Villanueva, Foster, uh, Ramon Foster, who may or may not be on the team through this year, and also McDonald, Vance McDonald, if he's uh, given the option this year, would be an unrestricted free agent next year. Also got role players like Chiquillo, um, Mark Barron, Tyson Alualu, Jordan Berry, the punter, uh, Cameron Sutton, another uh, uh, dime corner and, and possible slot corner, and Ryan Switzer. So that's a lot of players to have to replace. So I'm thinking like the window may be just this year. Uh, if they have to try to replace that many people the following season, um, so in yeah, I, I know, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, because it's just because this year, I mean, yeah, the, the, we've got some free agents, we got a lot of them, but I mean, we already talked about a few of them, like Artie Burns and and Sean Davis, who were draft picks. I mean, they look like they're not coming back. Um, you know, they I think they were picked in the same year, as well as Hargrave. That was the same draft, wasn't it? Was that Burns? Uh, yeah, it was the same draft. Uh, I I think all three are going to be gone. You know, yeah. uh, Grave Digger, he's he's a monster, and uh, yeah, he, I think he's going to do a lot better on a team that runs a four three scheme. Yep. Um, it's just gonna he, he's going to have to get more playing time. You know, but you utilized enough with us. Yeah. And, you know, that's nothing. 
that's the coaching staff. It's just that's the scheme that we that we run. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's the price tag is going to be it's it's going to be really high, and we're not going to be able to pay him that. Yeah. He, Especially you know with we're top against the cap, and then we're going to have to find a way to pay Bud Dupree, whether it's through the franchise tag. Yep. Or an extension. And that's exactly it because I love Hargrave as well. I, I think his talent versus his size and his ability to play you know, both at the zero tech and, and, and slide out to the three to five um, to play end is like what he did when Tuit got hurt. So he was essentially playing end on the, on the two down sets when we'd have two linemen on the field. Um, but when he was in there, he could also play nose when we have the three, four out there and then does a stout job in the nose and also gets to the quarterback. I mean, he's an all around athlete, which is something that the Steelers really don't have a lot of experience with. We're used to having those big, you know, run stop and two gap playing nose tackles that you can't move like with Hampton and Steed and uh, just used to those smashed mouth players knocking back offensive linemen to just d- disrupt but not necessarily get at the quarterback all that often. Like Hargrave was an act. He is an actual threat. He was somebody that you had to maybe put two guys on just to make sure he wasn't getting to the quarterback. So that was um. so that's something the Steelers are going to miss. But you're 100 percent right too, CJ. You know, Steelers are a 3-4 team, and, and paying nose guard money is nowhere near playing paying 4-3 interior lineman money, uh, which you make a hell of a lot more money, like you're saying, playing in a 4-3 in a set in the interior. And also, I agree with you, I think it, it, it suits his abilities, because now he doesn't have to play straight over center, and he's able to rush the passer as well as play the run. And those are his strengths. I mean, he's, he's a diverse guy. He's tough to move. He's really aggressive. And that, and that price tag, I think in free agency is just going to be too much for the Steelers to be able to pay, especially if they're trying to retain Bud Dupree. Absolutely. I think, I think next year he's going to be, I mean, he's already on the scene, but he's going to be a breakout star next year, Mm -hmm. wherever he goes, he's going to shine. And I could really see the Steelers trying to find someone like that Casey Hampton type. Yeah. I think they're going to go back that route. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned in my last article, though, there was a couple options. You know, some. It, it's going to be tough for us to spend any kind of money, but I think they'll, yes. they'll eventually, the way this is going to break, break down, there's going to be some casualties. Um, yeah. I, I'm really in the air about if they're going to pick up Van McDonald's option. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I think Ramon Foster's gone. Uh, yeah. I think Anthony Chicolo is going to be gone. Yeah. Um, still on the fence about Mark Barron. Uh, the only the only thing that's in the back of my mind, I, I think there were there were games that he played okay, mm-hmm. uh, but he he was killed in coverage yeah. a lot, and you know that's why we that's why we signed him. Yeah. Um. But I think the coaching staff, and I think especially Mike Tomlin, I think they're big on him. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm on the fence about whether or not they're going to cut ties with him. Okay. I think the level of production is not going to match the price tag. Uh-huh. So I, w- I would cut him. I, w- I would move on. But, you know, unfortunately, I don't get to make the decisions. <laughs> no. Um, no. I think that I could see them going after, you know, a guy like, uh, like I mentioned in my article, like Ashawn Robinson. Um, he's, He's only 25, so we don't really know what he's going to be capable of. I know there's 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 some risk there, uh, which with the amount of money that we have to spend, or mm-hmm. we're going to have to go after the various green types. Unfortunately, we're going to you know high risk, maybe high reward. We don't really know, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. So, Ashawn Robinson, uh, Robinson, yeah, which which team did he play for last year? Uh, he was a member of the Detroit Lions. Okay, good, good. And uh, you know they, and he he did a, a, a good enough job. I'm not as big on the Lions. I haven't seen a lot of their games. I didn't get to see um, how he played. Other than this, the you mentioned he's a big bodied guy, six four, three twenty, and that's usually the size. Of I the, think he has the ability. Yeah, he, yeah. he has the ability to be a great run stuffer. I mean, I, I just I've watched him a lot in college. Yeah. Um. Danny Shelton's another guy, but I'm really not sure about what type of contract he's going to get. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of gold. Yeah. Um, Andrew Billings is another big-bodied guy yeah. that I, I would like to see move away from the Bengals and, you know, come to the black and yellow. Yeah, he gives us some trouble, I know, when we play them. So I remember seeing him a lot. 
it was, you know, I was I was really surprised a couple of years ago when he was taken in the draft and he slid so far. Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure what round he ended up going, but I know, you know, draft Twitter and every other person that I was following during that year, it was Andrew Billings is going to be a first round talent, and he he slid in the draft, and I never could figure out why, but then. You know, he, he struggled through some injuries the past few years. He missed his entire rookie year. Yes. Uh, but I, I think he does have a lot of potential, and I'd like to see what he could do. So he was drafted the same year that the Steelers drafted Hargrave, and I remember the Steelers fans really being big on Billing, saying, you know, he's the perfect prototype run stopper. You know, because obviously we're used to seeing a Casey Hampton type, and he does kind of fit that mold with that big body. Um, but yeah, he ended up sliding. Like you're saying, he was supposed to be rated as a first, second round nose tackle, ended up sliding down to the fourth round. I think partially because of that, um, injury concern, which you're saying he did miss his entire, uh, rookie season because of it. But like you're saying, that's, it was surprising, but it would be interesting. Like all Steeler Nation would be happy to be able to get him a little bit later on for a much reduced price. Um, to be able to come in and, and fill in and be our starting nose tackle when we have uh, run plays. And with the Steelers' division now, I mean, you've got the the Ravens, which have dedicated run. They're a dedicated run team. They're going to run the ball. Um, Absolutely. So we see them twice a year. We know Cleveland has a dedicated run attack as well. They've got a, great running backs over there, and they they start with the run and also have talent all over the ball with the wide receivers as well, but they do start with the run. Cincinnati has some good players uh, with a new quarterback in flux. You know that they're going to be more of a running team as well. So this season... And Joe Mixon's very capable. I mean, yes. Joe Mixon, he, he can be a monster if they let it yeah. if they unleash it. I agree. I agree. I've, I've seen his talent. And, um, and that's why I think that the Steelers do need more of a run-stopping uh, knows this season for that ability to stop these teams that are starting to transition and become more running teams. It's, there's always a, a pendulum swing in the NFL, and it, it had been a big wide-open pass-heavy pass, pass offense, and it's starting to swing back, and these teams with strong running games ended up going very far in the playoffs this year. And, of course, you know, Ravens had an Absolutely. excellent record because of it. Uh, the Ravens and then Tennessee as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were a very run-heavy team. And they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. So yes, they did. Yes, I think did. Uh, I think you're right that the pendulum pendulum is swinging back. It, it's almost like a trick offense now when you're going up against teams that are drafting for running, getting you know rushing, uh, road grading offensive linemen, and bringing in um, you know strong, powerful running backs. And that's something that the that you know kudos to the Ravens the last couple of years because they've been doing that. They've been bringing in, you know, solidifying the interior line, getting road graders, getting good running backs, and getting tight ends. So they've been really more focusing on the interior to, to build this rushing attack with this rushing quarterback. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers attack. And I will mention one of the reasons why we're talking about uh, Javon Hargrave leaving the team, and you gave us the options, which are some really cool options, too, for free agency, is... um. It's the re- biggest reason is because I think the Steelers need to retain Bud Dupree, which I know we both talked about that. I mean, I, I definitely think that we need to retain him. I'm really not sure how they're going to do it. I mean, obviously they're going to place the franchise tag on him. Yeah. To, you know, to extend that time period till we can work out a contract. Um, but I, I'm not sure if they're going to. I know they want him back. I do. Uh, too. Yeah. Me as a fan, I definitely want him back. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think he was held back early, early on his in his career um, by some members of the coaching staff. You know, the outside linebacker mm-hmm. Joey Porter that we all loved as a player. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of factors in that, but I think he was held back a little bit. And then, you know, sometimes it takes there's left flippers. You know, yeah. um, sometimes it takes some time, and I think he definitely hit his stride. People will disagree and say that it was because of his contract year. No. Yeah, no, remains to be seen. And I know that's the easy thing to say, honestly. To say that he performed because it's a contract year means you don't watch technique. It means you watch football games and you make ideas because you have lazy sports writers that say the same thing. But if you actually watch Bud Dupree, like I'm sure you have, CJ, you've seen um, this year. Not only did was he not hampered by any uh, nagging upper body injuries, he had he had a he pulled like um, a bicep one year. He pulled a a pectoral one year and he's just you know he can't really finish and keep that strength throughout the season 
when you have these nagging upper body injuries. Last year, he was completely healthy. He had a great year. Uh, also, if you watch yeah. him when he plays, his hand technique has improved tremendously. He's keeping people off of his frame with his hands now. It's not because he wants to play harder or it's a contract year. He's going up against, on the other side, you've got TJ Watt, who's a monster. And the, this, he's been a monster since he stepped into the league. So he's got that really competitive edge. So on Bud on Bud's side, he's got to be just as competitive and show, hey, I can do this too. I'm the older guy in the league. I should be doing a better job. And I think having TJ on the other side of him makes him better, not by having TJ on the other side of him so that people have more pay more attention to TJ, but because of the competitiveness factor that I think that it plays between those two players. I think they want to be the best and they make each other better in the way that they go about playing. Yeah, we definitely need to keep them together as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as long as production's there, and I think it will be. I think he'll prove a lot of people wrong this year. But I think you're right. His, his, just his initial hand placement yeah. has improved. Yeah. Uh, if you notice, like, I, I watched a lot of film on him mm-hmm. uh, whenever we drafted him. And his hands, he's starting to anticipate where the offensive linemen are going to put their hands. Yes. And you you could kind of see it unfold when you're watching film, and he, he's doing a really good job of anticipating that, and then beating them to beating them there. He beats them with the hands, and he gets the, the the push on the power rushes, and I really enjoy seeing that because, like you're saying, you watch a lot of film on him coming out of college. His his main move was getting around the edge as quickly as possible, which he has an incredible tw- quick twitch as well. But that was that was his pretty much go to move in college. Right, and I mean that was that was the one thing that frustrated us Steelers fans yeah. so much his first couple of years. Just watch him get to the quarterback and run right around because, you know, mm-hmm. a good quarterback will step up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And that was the most frustrating thing. We're yeah. like, well, he has the ability to do this. He's just not being able to finish this. A lot of people are pointing to the the, the people that are still kind of low on Bud Dupree. And, and I understand having to spend that much money on an outside linebacker. But honestly, like, even though his rushing the quarterback percentage numbers or his pressure numbers were low – he was making the most out of them when he was getting to the quarterback. He was making splash plays. He was putting footballs on the grounds with sack fumbles. Um, and he got over double-digit sacks for the first time in his career, which was a huge, huge move for him. Um, but I think the strongest part of Bud Dupree's game that many, many people fail to remember because they keep thinking of the outside linebacker position being the rush position is he's an incredible all-around outside linebacker. He's very His good. His pass coverage skills are fantastic. Yes, they are. He's, he's fantastic in pass coverage. He's stout against the run. Plus, he's one of the few quick twitch, high spark outside linebackers in the league that can run down a quarterback like Lamar Jackson from behind. You know, we had a play last year that I remembered early in the season when Lamar ran to the sideline behind the line of scrimmage and, and Bud ran him down. <laughs> we got to face that guy twice a year. It's nice to have. You know, a, a a lion on the outside linebacker spot that can you know track down that gazelle of uh, <laughs> of Lamar Jackson when we're facing him so many times a year. It's it's a it's a big bonus to have. Absolutely, um, I, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what next year brings with Bud. Yeah, um, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think in the back of our minds we we are all a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to pay a guy top money and just him not produce. Yeah. I think that's what has a lot of Steeler fans worried. And I, I really wouldn't hate to use the franchise tag on him yeah. and just wait it out this year and see if he continues to produce. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't hate that move, but personally I would, I would lock him up for the next foreseeable future, uh, three, four years. And, and I know right now also that that collective bargaining agreement right now that hasn't been ratified is still putting this huge question mark on all of free agency and the way that the Steelers can even manipulate their salary cap because the rules change if they get a new salary cap. Steelers all of a sudden end up getting some cap space and are able to make some moves and able to restructure contracts to a positive benefit. The problem is the current uh, CBA that they have with this 30% only 30% like marked uh, capped in- increase or change in uh, s- salaries from year to year is kind of hamstrings the Steelers' ability to pay it 
throw all that money into the future like they had done on, on previous salary um, restructures where they pay it as a signing bonus and then give them low salaries throughout for the next couple of years. And that ham- they, they can't do that. They strictly just cannot do that under the current salary cap. They can open up a little bit of money here and there, but it's not as lucrative as normally they were able to do that under Omar Khan. Um, so that's, we've got to figure that out in the next few days here. I know that the owners meetings are coming up soon and there's the NFLPA is supposed to uh, vote on this pretty quickly. So I, I don't know if there's still some interior um, negotiations going on. We as fans aren't on the in on that kind of thing, but I, I'm honestly hoping they get stuff done because it gives the Steelers the best chance for this year. Should they get that, uh, that new CBA agreement? Well, that, and then it also gives us another 10 years of labor-free talks. We we don't mm-hmm. have to worry about, you know, a possible strike. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really excited for that to get done. I'm not really sure when it's going to get done. I've been waiting. I've been, you know, I have Adam Schefter's Twitter notifications on just so I'm following him and making sure that I'm on the same page whenever he's reporting the news. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. Like you said, um, they're, Definitely on the new of the cap uh, whenever they get the ability to do that. It, it does make it hard now with that on hold. As we were talking about players to retain, to not retain, uh, I I was on the fence with Vance McDonald as well. My initial knee-jerk reaction was looking at a $6.5 million contract option and saying, cut him, there's 6.5 mil right there. Um, but digging into it a little bit more, not only is the draft low on talent this year, for the tight end position like you're not going to find a starter in the draft this year uh, that's going to have any skill near what Vance McDonald has but also in free agency it seems like it's it's a little dry but I know you wrote in your articles you mentioned some possible free agent targets let's talk about those now uh, with Steeler Nation well so I mentioned Eric Ebron mm-hmm. um, and I'm not really sure what kind of contract he's going to get uh, I'm not sure what because you know he has issues with inconsistent play. Mm. Um, like I would be lying if I said I didn't want them to take a chance on him. Yeah, he's super athletic. He is. Uh, just yeah. to watch him catch the ball and his the yards after catch, it's phenomenal. He's a big red zone target. Uh, it'd be great to have him pair with him. Um, it's just you know he's just twenty seven. I'd like to see them take a chance and. You know, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. We have another Ladarius Green type situation where we were let down. Yeah. Um, after Eric Ebron, I have Blake Corwin. Um, a little iffy. He, he may not even reach free agency. You know, he's a restricted free agent this year, and signing him would be a lot trickier, uh, even if they, you know, if they placed the original round tender on him or, you know, even higher, which I doubt that they go higher than his original round tender. Uh-huh. And what, um, what was and it? What round that, was he drafted in? Do you know? Um, not off the top of my head. I would have to look it up. I'll I want to say the fourth or fifth round. But you know, I think he had a lot of potential, and it, it just when Jason went unretired last year, yeah, it pushed him down the death chart. He didn't get a he didn't get as many touches as people were expecting. Ooh, Here, um, here's an interesting note on on Blake Jarwin. Just a just a quick aside. I just looked it up. He was undrafted, so. If he was given the oh, original okay. round tender, the Steelers would not have to provide any um, draft uh, um, uh, capital for that trade, or if they, if they choose to sign that contract. But it may be a competitive contract, obviously, with the Steelers so close against the draft. Dallas may counter and make a make a refusal okay. or an offer that the Steelers just can't match. So it might just be there also, so they can set the market, or the market will set itself to figure out what what Blake's va- value will be. So go ahead and continue talking about Blake. I would be really excited. He he flashed potential. He had a chance. Uh, a big red zone target again. Yeah. Uh, possession receiver. You know, he could just be that security blanket that we haven't had since Heath Miller, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be great for Big Ben. I think Big Ben would love a security blanket like that. Uh, I know he was a big fan of Heath. Nice. <laughs> um, um, Jordan Reed is the next one that I mentioned in my article. I know I've mentioned Ladarius Green a couple times, mm-hmm. but this could be another identical Ladarius Green type situation. Yeah. And, and I, I Injury prone, he didn't even... Yeah. 
I, and I live. He, in, he didn't even play in the regular season last year. Yeah, yeah. And I lived in the D.C. area. I love Eric Reed's ability, um, but I do know he's injury prone. But I also do know one other thing with people that do not enjoy playing for the Washington Redskins, and that is they will be quote unquote injured to avoid playing for them. And that has happened this past year with their, their biggest play. I forget the name of the, 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 the number one guy, um, uh, held out for Trent Williams, maybe yes. with, uh, left tackle. Yes. Yes. And he, and he held out a bit this year and then came in and then he's, you know, obviously they, they don't, they don't, the Redskins are the opposite of the Steelers when it comes to family owned teams. Steelers have always treated their players like family, Case in point, Ryan Chazier, three years after his injury, is still involved with the team. Uh, a, a team like the Redskins would dump you in a heartbeat if that happened to you. And it's they they have no they they see players as commodities because the guy owning the team is a money guy, and that's all he cares about at the bottom line and and getting as much money out of the fans as he can. So, right. I mean, the Steelers are a world class organization, you know. Yeah, yeah, they are. But uh, but that may be a reason um, but, for for Reed's injuries and not wanting to press to come back. Um, so I'm I'm hoping he's better than what he is because when he's playing, he's he's a flat out athlete. I I know he can make plays because he's done it in the past. And you know, uh, it it would be interesting. I would, I would be excited. Um, mm-hmm. um it's but, yeah, I, I'm the, on the fence with it. Yeah, you the, know, just kind of having some trouble with it because of the whole Ladarius Green situation. And that was the same um, thing too with Ladarius because it was concussions and that was what right. uh, Reed has stated for being out last season was because of concussions. So yeah, yeah. once bitten yeah, twice shy. <laughs> career concussion. Yeah, yeah. So once bitten twice shy, obviously the Steelers would have to, he'd have to pass an extensive physical to be able to even have an option of, of the Steelers making an offer on him. But, uh, but talent wise, I, you can't, you can't argue with the talent, just like, unfortunately, with Mercedes Lewis, you couldn't argue with his talent either. He was Mercedes when he's on the field. Too bad that Mercedes was on the uh, in the yard on cinder blocks the entire time he was with the Steelers, and that's really unfortunate because he he was a talent. I, I could really, out of the three, um, the most likely candidate, if I had to do that, mm-hmm. would be Jordan Reed, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's just, if he would pass a physical, I, I think it would be a really interesting pairing. Yeah, and you know he could open up the middle of the field for us, and it would be, it would just be marvelous to watch. Yeah, it would be. I'm with your first selection. I think personally, Eric Ebron in a situation where he's with a quarterback that can throw him the ball uh, is ideal. I mean, obviously, all these tight ends in the in the in free agency, it seems like have big question marks when it comes to their ability to play 16 games. And Eric's another guy that's playing, you know, eight, nine, ten, twelve games a season so it's not he's not playing the full 16 either but um and here's one final note that would be another argument then for Vance McDonald I always track injuries every year I do a spreadsheet I'm the biggest geek when it comes to injuries um and funny enough that everybody thinks of Vance McDonald as being injury prone and I think that's an unfair assessment with him I think we kind of lump him in with Mercedes Lewis just because of that big issue with him but honestly in his past two years, he's only missed three games. He missed the first game of the season two years ago, played the entire 15-game stretch then, no problems. Last year, he missed two games. So I know he had some bumps and bruises, but he was playing through them this year. He's, I mean, he's a, he is a tough guy. He's not the guy that just gets injured every year. So I know he's getting right. up there in he age He even as mentioned well. talking about he, – he talked about uh, – I'm not sure where I read it, but I uh, – May have been ESPN, an article on ESPN, uh-huh. but he talked about having a setback mm-hmm. uh, this year, and you know, having he wasn't playing up to his potential. Um, and you know, I was one of the people that lumped him in with the injury. I took a second look. You know, that was ignorance on my part, and I'll own that. <laughs> um, but he. He was on the injury report so many times that I think that's kind of what made my brain think that. Yeah. But I did take a second look, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, six and a half million dollars. It's it's going to be hard. Maybe they'll bring him back on a restructured deal, yeah. or you know, tear it up and instead of exercising the option, tear it up and start fresh and see see what we can do to get a get a more team friendly deal. Yeah, and. 
you, like you're saying, you're right. He and he did have some different injuries this season that I tracked him at. He had he was concussion protocol the one the one uh, week, and he did actually miss a game due to a concussion. That was one of his misses. The other one was his shoulder, and he was listed as uh, having mm-hmm. shoulder injuries twice. Uh, what the first one was like in week f- looks like four and five. Uh, and then right after the bye, he was also listed as it, but he's, he is active for two of those three games, but that may have been his nagging injury. Uh, his, uh, his first injury of the season was a back injury week three. It wasn't considered serious. He still practiced. He was limited one day in practice full the rest of that week. So, you know, the, he did have a couple injuries. So if he was talking about anything, it was probably his shoulder that would be giving him the most problem. Well, and we, you know, we didn't have much of a passing game this year. No. Due to the injury at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be when his injuries kind of piled on, too. So, so yeah. But I guess with these other injuries, is, is the Steelers' big question now is number one, is Vance McDonald worth $6.5 million? Or are we better served using that $6.5 million on maybe a cheaper option that might be a little younger, that is still athletic in free agency and have a little bit more money to spend somewhere else? Or do they just stick with Vance knowing, hey, we're going to pay this amount. We know what he is. We know at least we're not go- we know what we're getting for the value. And like you're saying, too, that another option is sign him to a long-term contract drop his money for this right. year just by keeping the same guy. And, that, and that's a that's a win-win, I think, for everybody for free agency. I could still see them spending some draft capital on a tight end mm-hmm. to develop. Um, uh, maybe, I'm not, not, I did a mock draft yeah. and uh, ended up drafting a tight end pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some options. There's a lot of potential, but I, I agree with you that I don't really see a starter mm-hmm. yet. But I do, I do see a lot of guys that have the potential to, you know, maybe be a breakout star one day. And I agree with um, you too. Did, did you mock the Notre Dame tight end in your draft? The one, uh, Cole Komet. Yes, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I may yeah. be doing that no, correctly. I, I think you're correct. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he he reminds me a lot of Vance McDonald, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, it's. It's a little weird. I love I love Vance McDonald. Um, yeah, you know, everybody remembers the stiff arm play. Yep. I mean, not this past season, but the season before last, him constantly fighting fighting for extra yards. Yes. Um, I would. I think Ben. I think Ben is he really likes Vance. So I, I'm not really sure what route they're going to go. Mm. Um, but with the options and free agency, I could see them tearing up the contract and giving him a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a much lower cap hit. Yeah, and and hopefully he'd be able to play ball too with that. Um, I know you also did some work too on looking for wide receiver options from the veteran side and free agency. Uh, why don't you tell the Steeler Nation a little bit about some of the receivers that you researched? So there's a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Richardson was just cut. Uh, Think Valentine's Day or right before Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, the Washington Redskins you know, are he, so he, great at when they cut people. <laughs> I think they dropped like five guys right before day before Valentine's. I guess yeah. they didn't want to pay any val- give get them any presents this year for Valentine's Day. It's a way to save some money. <laughs> That's the way it always is. <laughs> well, you know, um, back in uh, 2018, mm-hmm. he signed that five year, forty million dollar deal. Yeah, and yeah. He, he was let go, um, mm. and. Lack of predict, uh, predict. I cannot pronounce this for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he had injury concerns. Yeah. Um, he, he just didn't produce. Yeah. Um. Sometimes they take flyers on players like that, mm-hmm. and I could really see him pairing with Ben really well as well. Yeah. Uh, he could become a deep threat. I'm just not really sure how they're going to address the wide receiver position this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Paul Richardson. I mentioned Rashad, uh, Rashad Perriman. Yeah. He's a talented guy threat. too. Yeah. Philip Thurston, mm-hmm. another yeah. deep threat. Yep. Uh, that, you know, his, he, his average went down mm-hmm. this year, but you know, he's, he's averaged 16 yards per reception or a little over 16 yards per reception mm-hmm. twice in his career. Nice. Yeah. And that's, and that's <laughs> so I, I would one like thing. to see that 
and I'm with you too. I'm a big wide receiver guy. That's that's who I break down and know the most on the Steelers. Um, they really need that fourth guy that's able to take the top off as well when they go into a four set. Because uh, what they did last year was they threw Johnny Holton on the field, who basically couldn't catch a cold in the middle of December with uh, in the middle of China with if it's coronavirus. But so, <laughs> but that guy. <laughs> That, that that guy had a tough time last season. He he did great on special teams. Like I said, he couldn't catch coronavirus in China on on wide receiver position. But they need somebody to come in on fourth down to give them that option of being able to get you know open deep and give them some at least have defenses play back a little bit on the Steelers. I mean, they were so forward on the Steelers and not not afraid of anybody going deep on them last year that it it was really apparent. Uh, the way they're crowding the box and just getting at the quarterback every play, it seemed, especially with a young quarterback. Well, I think that has a lot to do with the quarterback issues. Yeah, 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 it definitely did. It definitely did. But that's it it also helps to have that fourth guy that can help take the top off, too, if you need to get into passing sets. Um, And Washington was having some trouble, too. I mean, he's, he's a good deep guy. He's got slowly developing speed with long strides. He's a long strider and just seems to always accelerate through his root pattern which is i think is really tough for defenses to or uh, defensive backs to to play against as well because you're expecting him to stay at constant speed and he's just constantly accelerating it's really interesting to see when you watch him run patterns but he can be bracketed is what is the big point that i'm trying to get at he can get knocked off his speed route and then has to re you know re-ramp back up and then he's easy to be bracketed over the top of the safety so you know, they really weren't getting beat on that side deep toward the end of the season with, um, you know, the, obviously the backup quarterbacks in there with Duck and, and uh, Rudolph doing their best to try to keep the keep the Steelers winning. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the reason that they brought Johnny Holton in. You know, he has that – I think – I'm not really sure what his 40 time was, but I'm pretty sure he's a 4-3 guy. Yeah. He's got top-notch speed, and I think that's why they originally brought him in. Nice. Um but you know, like he said, he couldn't he couldn't catch a cold, and I mean, he couldn't catch the coronavirus in the middle of China. <laughs> uh, That's what we need. And we we need like people to, to catch. We're, we're we're done with the Moncriefs. We're done with those. <laughs> I never want to see another Moncrief. Oh never. gosh, that was that was... great guy. Yeah, love him. I hope he gets another chance in the league somewhere, but not not in the studio for Yeah, and that's it's unfortunate too because I've. I watched the way his his hands were and his hand mechanics are good. He just could not catch. I don't know if he's overthinking it or trying too hard to play into a new system and and trying to fight that injury off. But it, yeah, he, he was he was he was the wrong choice in free agency last year for the Steelers. If Steelers ever made a bad choice, um, that was definitely probably the worst person that they brought in. But there's a reason why he's not on the team. So, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, I think. Go ahead. I believe he also was battling a finger injury. He was. It came out a little later, so you know I'm not really sure how true that is. You know, you know, injuries come up whenever people are struggling. But he was. He he did have an injury issue, and it, and it was because he the way he tried to catch uh, the one ball, he he actually mm-hmm. I, I think broke it or, or jammed it on that play. Um, yeah, he reported it as jammed, and and that was in training camp. So it 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 did kind of. Oh, okay kind of stunt the beginning of his growth um, for trying to be able to play because I know he missed snaps because of it too in training camp and when you're a new guy you need to get those snaps but you know he, he's somebody that at least Steeler fans don't have to worry about anymore he's not on the contract under contract anymore not on the roster uh, people that are still on the roster that I think the Steelers need to make some tough decisions now like Anthony Chiquillo, um is a, is a tough one uh, there, I mean, obviously, I, I thought his contract was a head scratcher uh, when they gave it to him uh, because it was like a two-year, eight million dollar contract. Who's essentially a backup outside linebacker? Yeah, so that's a lot of money. I to believe pay. he had a similar offer from New England. I, I think that was the case, and the Steelers were afraid that they were going to lose him and kind of pull the ripcord on it, and then you know sign the contract because New England kind of forced him into it. Um, Kind of like that year that New England tried to pick up uh, Emmanuel Sanders when he was a restricted free agent and just ended up, you know, essentially setting his contract that year because um, the Steelers matched it. So, but yeah, it's Steelers don't like losing anybody to New England for some reason. <laughs> they're like, if New England wants them, obviously they're a better player than we assessed. But, you know, I think obviously Anthony's an incredible special teams player. Uh, I really do like the way he gets down the field, makes tackles, but 
as far as for that kind of money for an outside linebacker, the best way to value that amount of money for this year is to cut the contract and try to fill it in with another uh, linebacker candidate or one of the younger guys here on the roster to fill in that special teams role, whether it's, you know, Tuzar Skipper, if he's able to start learning how to do that, or Ulysses Grant. We got some younger um, outside linebackers and linebackers that hopefully can fill that role. You know, Ole is still there as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, I, and I can see him being in that, that backup swing tackle role that Chiquillo had last year and doing as right. good of a job on much cheaper contracts. So it, it's one good thing about the Steelers this year, especially, you know, being able to reacquire Tuzar Skipper from uh, the Giants practice squad later in the season is they really already have that drafted depth behind in that outside linebacker position. So losing either Chiquillo or um, yeah, um, Dupree means they still have four outside linebackers. You know, you know, obviously they're probably still going to try to fill it in and get some more room in the draft. But free agency really probably is not the move this year to find an outside linebacker. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that you know, they may end up grabbing somebody in the draft, but the depth is already there. Uh, I don't think they need to add anyone. It would be a luxury to be able to draft someone, but we don't really have a lot of draft picks to, to waste. So yeah. I think they'll end up sticking with, you know, uh, Tudor Skipper, mm. uh, Ola, he'll be back. I mean, he, he's there. And then I think those two guys can be used as rotational pieces and special teams players. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that. And um, one person, though, I will look at in the draft, at least in free agency, that I would take a flyer out on should the Steelers go the route of getting rid of um, Bud Dupree is um, Shaquille Barrett from Tampa Bay. I mean, this is uh, a young player. He's turning 27, uh, just like Bud. Uh, he got he had more um, pressures last year. Uh, said 37 quarterback hits, 20 sacks. Was that 20 sacks last year? That can't be correct. I don't think anybody got 20 sacks. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's 20 sacks. <laughs> he got 20 sacks. I think he had, wow. I think he had nine sacks before, I want to say, week... 12 i would have to go back but he he, he maybe bef- maybe before that he um he had a big game to where he had i think three or four sacks in one game wow that's insane that's, that's stacking him. yeah and because he he is productive i mean he also had six force fumbles so you know he's bringing down that hammer when he's coming around the corner but obviously going into free agency with those kind of numbers he's going to see a huge payday so it'd be Kind of like the Steelers trying to retain Bud Dupree, who had you know good stats too, not as good as Shaquille's, but that's obviously the guy that I'd want the most in free agency. But it's it's tough when you're that close against the cap to get everything that you want in free right. agency. I'd love for that to happen, but I just don't see it just because I think he's going to command a much larger contract than Bud. Yeah, yeah, and then there's production. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And there's three guys on the Steelers right now that I think that they should retain. Um moving to free agency and they might be smaller moves or, or moves you might not even think about but uh mike hilton he's a restricted free agent obviously i i think that he's worth a second round um tender this season which is just under three million i think it's like 2.9 and change um but to have a starting corner which you know which is the most sets we usually see as the three wide receiver sets he's on the field for a majority of the defensive snaps, that's a guy you have to retain, uh, being able to lock down. That's those a very guys. cheap contract for a guy like Mike Hilton. Exactly, and especially when he's a two-way guy, he's our best uh, best corner at rushing the quarterback too, and has really opened up the playbook um, for the defense to be able to utilize that corner blitz over the past couple seasons. So, um, you know, I, I think I honestly think he's a must-keep and a big part, a underrated part of what makes the Steeler defense as good as it is. Um, another guy was is uh, Zach Banner, crowd favorite every time he comes on the field as a as an eligible receiver. Uh, I I think this is his year to shine. Um, you know I I just have been putting together or trying to put together what fits the best because we have Foster, Feeler, and BJ I believe are all free agents this year. Or no no Feeler's yeah. Feeler's not the free agent. Sorry, it's, it's BJ Finney. It's um. Banner and it's Foster. Those three are, are free agents. They're not free agents this year, but Ra- Ramon Foster, I believe, will be a roster cut because of his contract. Um, 
That's right. He's still on the he's still on the salary. So the two free agents. So you got BJ and you have Zach <laughs> as a free agent. So but what I'm thinking is possibly an outside of the box move. Cut Foster, move Feeler from right tackle over inside to left guard, which is where he started that one game um, when um, um, Chooks came in to start at right tackle. Um, and then you can have Chooks at right tackle, and you still have Banner as your swing. And in case anything goes wrong right. and come in as the extra guy, I, I still think you have a solid offensive line. Yeah, the, to watch him in the run game especially – he dominated at times. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you could see, you know, I follow him on um, different social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's really been working. You know, I, I know they they all post throughout the offseason, but yeah. you can really see a change. He's he's a really big guy. Yeah. Um, and we can utilize that power for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we can. And there's one other position that no one ever thinks about except for me because I'm a big special teams nerd as well, is uh, long snapper Cameron Canada. He is a free agent. And the Steelers are huge on consistency from long snappers. I mean, we're talking about since 1999, Cameron Canada is the third long snapper they have had. Mike Schneck was before on the Super Bowl teams. Greg Warren played on the last team. And, um, I mean, that's that's a lot of consistency. They like that consistency out of the whoever's snapping the ball, whether it's a long snapper, whether it's a center. They like a guy that's going to be on the field, that's athletic, that's not going to make mistakes, and that's going to be doing it for a long time. So I honestly think that Cameron Canada is a is a a big target for them to just make sure they have that consistency on special teams, especially with Boswell rebounding with that, with his field goal percentage last season after having the terrible year, the year before, you know, try to keep it as consistent as possible because you don't want to lose on an extra point snap or a a field goal snap here in the, in the playoffs when you have a team that's solid everywhere else. Well, the beauty of that and wanting to keep him, it's a long snapper. So he's not going to command that much of a contract. Yes. True. True. And then you have got a couple players left over that we haven't talked about. We did talk about Artie Burns and Sean Davis, but Tyler Matikavich, Jordan Dangerfield, Nick Vanette. I think that these are players, though I, I do like Matikavich. I love him on special teams. I actually like him more than Chiquillo on special teams, but I don't see them being able to pay to keep him just to strictly be a special teams player and back up outside, inside linebacker. Um, time will tell to see what the kind of value they put on him. But Jordan Dangerfield's also in that same boat. He keeps bouncing from the practice squad to the roster just for depth, but never has really made that ability to be able to press to show what he can do. Could possibly be replaced by a drafted player or a low value, a restricted free agent or, or unrestricted free agent. Uh, and Nick Vanette, and that's the other, or Vanette, that's the other tight end that we had on the roster that we spent some draft capital to pick up last season. Uh, a good good player. He's good in the running game. He's a good receiver. More of a reserve player, not a big splash player like Vance McDonald. Um, but honestly, the Steelers honestly can only keep one of those players, in my opinion. It's either Vance or Vanette. Uh, and if, if it comes down to my choice, I'd pick Vance every time. Right, absolutely. I mean, uh, Vanette was more so the Jesse James type player. Yes. Uh that's what I compare him to. Um, That's a good comparison. I, I think he's going to be a luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe, you know, if they don't – I think they're definitely going to spend draft capital on a tight end. Yeah. Sometime in the draft, they're going to pick a tight end. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they keep – I'm not really sure what route they're going to go, but they kind of like that playmaking tight end with Vance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, after the catch guy. Yeah. Um, and then you have make the net. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Vance every time as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just depends on what type of trade that they, they're going to go with in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, some moves are going to come beforehand, but I could see them picking up some later on if they don't get the player that they want in the draft. Yes. Yep. And, you know, salary cap mm-hmm. will let that happen. Yeah. No, it's it's a good call. It's a good call. Is is there any other moves you see in free agency or any other possibilities in other positions that could be a sleeper pick for the Steelers for free agency? Um, you know, one that I've thought about is the running back position. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's really not a lot out there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I really wouldn't mind them adding to the running back room. Mm. Whether you have this Apple free agency, uh, Peyton Barber, he's there. Uh, yeah. CJ Procise. There's different players, but like, there's not there's not a lot of money. We're tied against the cap. I'm not sure if they're going to go out and spend money on a luxury piece. Yeah, because they're definitely not um, going to get like a Derrick Henry or anything, <laughs> obviously from this year. That would be that would be great. Uh, I would, would love be. that. that mm. Old school Steelers football. Yeah. Yep. No, it would be great. But I understand what it's like to be that close. Uh, is there are there any uh, safety sleepers uh, that you could see as them possibly bringing in to be a backup behind Mika Fitzpatrick and uh, uh, Edmonds? Um, I haven't really looked at it. Um, the, the only player that really comes to mind is Miles Killebrew. Uh-huh. Uh, Miles Killebrew. Yes. Uh, he he I believe he played. He was on the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And he could be a great rotation, rotational piece, you know, take over for Dangerfield possibly if we end up losing him. Mm-hmm. Neat. Uh, but other than that, I don't really, I haven't really looked too deep into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all we can talk about for free agency before it starts here. I know that the tag period has started. Some players are starting to be tagged or at least... Uh, uh, teams are starting to say, hey, we're going to be using the tag on you. So maybe trying to force their agents into negotiations, trying to get these things done quickly. But Steelers look like they're on schedule to use the tag. Uh, Tag should be dropping around the 10th of March, I believe, is the last day you're allowed to tag a player. Uh, I don't know if it was pushed back 48 hours because they did push back the 48-hour window to start the tagging period because of the CBA. Um, negotiations mm-hmm. going on, but uh, it, so it should be like right around the tenth to the twelfth. You should start seeing players tagged for the season right before free agency hits. So a lot of teams are going to have to make that decision here pretty quickly. Right. I mean, I, like I said, I think I see they'll tag Bud, mm-hmm. and then maybe try to work out a long-term extension during that time period. And and one thing that I did write an article a few weeks back. Um, I hope that the Steelers learned their lesson from the Le'Veon Bell franchise tagging uh, debacle that ended up being his second straight tagged season uh, when he chose to hold out the entire year, is the Steelers should seriously consider utilizing a non-exclusive franchise tag on Bud Dupree as opposed to giving him the exclusive franchise tag. And by the non-exclusive Steeler fans, that means that any team can make Bud Dupree an offer. If they choose to take Bud Dupree and the Steelers choose to decline that offer, then the Steelers get two first-round draft picks as compensation, which is a little different than a tag-and-trade, which is when you tag a player, they sign the tag, and then you can trade them for different values. Um, But I I think that that would be the best route the Steelers could take to ensure that they're going to get Bud for this season while still on the off chance that somebody makes an offer that they can't match, then they all of a sudden have some money freed up for free agency. And you've got two first round draft picks and draft capital to be able to utilize, uh, to be able to start rebuilding this team. Once this Super Bowl window closes. Yeah. That would be a lot nicer than losing baby on bail for nothing. Yes. Or having him hold out the entire year because he wants to be paid. Which was a very frustrating year for me. Yes. Yeah, it is. Especially when you're so close to the Super Bowl, you want everybody playing at a high level. And that was a tough, tough pill for Steeler fans to swallow. And we're happy to have you on here, CJ. Hey, welcome to the Steeler Nation family. We're happy to have you keep those articles churning out so Steeler fans can come over and read us on the website. All right, will do. Hey, Steeler fans, make sure to come to yoursteelernation.com website for the best football forum and Steelers news on the Internet. Tweet us at Steeler Nation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm your host, G Stryker, along with CJ Lester, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!